What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only don't sign a running back podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual, and uh, we have plenty to discuss as... Uh, the what's been dubbed by many the Ed Hervey negotiation window has now officially opened in the <laughs> CFL. So I love that name. Yeah, it. it's great. Um, illegal tampering window. I think what do they actually call it? Something con- free agent conversation window or some bullshit is what they actually call free it. Free agents but... free agency communication window. Right. That's what the that's what the technical term is. But only people actually associated with the league call it that. Everyone else kind of calls it mostly the legal tampering window. But this Ed Hervey. One is really sticking pretty well in my mind. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that's what we're going with from mm-hmm. here on out. Uh, so we will be talking a little bit about free agency, sort of maybe who the riders should and shouldn't target, talk about some of the names they've re-signed. And uh, yeah, it's kind of overall big picture of where the next few weeks may lead for this team, because I think it's going to be pretty interesting with a brand new coach and sort of a new philosophy in place. And we'll kind of start to see that take shape over the next month or so. Yes. Before we get into that, though... Um, because I had to make sure that John had one more thing to do this week. Um, we decided to <laughs> record this it. on here Sunday evening just to make sure Lacey's really mad at you. Um, yes. Because you've had one of the busiest weeks I can ever remember you having since we've oh, been God. friends for the last, like, 15 years or so. Yes. Um, I was a part of the Tankard Planning Committee here in Saskatoon. So starting last sunday i was at the nutana curling club sunday monday tuesday i was there most of the day wednesday uh as that was my only day off for men's this week uh i was there wednesday night yeah yeah of course got it out of the way (laughs) under two under two minutes just like our our uh our lucky bastard uh friend uh bryce perkins bryce and i we were hanging out bunch uh this weekend which i will soon get into uh we were talking about how i'm i can plug it 
here, but can't mention it on the pregame show for the Saskatchewan Rush. So uh, the ends plug out of the way early. Uh, so then Thursday, and you have to remember, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I, I still worked my full-time job at ENDS. Uh, Thursday was at the Curling Club that night. Friday was not at the Curling Club because I was presenting the team and athlete of the year at this Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner. Uh, Saturday, I worked at ENDS, then worked a rush game uh, for the <laughs> Bull and TSN. Uh, and then today, I uh, I got up at about 12, or not, got out of the house at about 12, and... Went to do some stuff at the Tankard, uh, took part in the closing ceremonies of the Tankard final, helped tear down the Tankard until finally I was like, okay, I, I got to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if my kids remember. Like, normally, like, and, and I think any parent can relate, mom is almost always the favorite, but like, even with Maya, I've been the favorite when I've been home recently. So that's how you know I've been out of the house a lot. So, mm-hmm. no, it's been a busy week. It's been fun. I, I just, um, just want to say before we move on, um, the committee, everyone yes. there, even you, did a great job with the tankard up in Saskatoon. Uh, Jenny was. Thank you. We were watching a little bit of it, and she was surprised to see that it was actually that was the Nutana Curling Club, not an arena. So, right, and that's actually it was. Uh, that's what uh, the eventual champion Mike McEwen said in one of his first interviews, and uh, having some history with Mike, you know, hanging out with him <laughs> through the many years, and uh, yelling at him from across the rink and uh, yeah. at the Sastel Center up there in Saskatoon. <laughs> With everybody <laughs> hearing, including Mike, uh, which leads, I'll quickly tell that story. But hanging out with Mike, and, and he was saying, he's like, when we heard it was going to a club, we were a little worried. And then we showed up here on Tuesday. And he's like, it was just incredible. So um, I was much quieter with my fucking A mic this time. Uh, I was helping... Uh, I was helping out the local media to get the curlers over for interviews and stuff like that. And I walked up to Mike and uh, gave him a bro hug and said fucking a mic i'm like that's a little bit quieter than the last time and we both broke out laughing thinking yeah no that is um if you if you, you if you didn't notice yes mike mckewen unsurprisingly won the sastel men's tankard and will be representing saskatchewan with briar yeah hometown briar <laughs> everyone's gonna be behind him and, and and you know what like i i i made the joke on twitter today uh as we go into eight and nation talk um both him and the Ryland Clyder team are both just great guys, great people, always a smile, meeting with fans, everything. And I, you know, going back to even his time with the Hilltops, he was a uh, wide receiver and kicker is, is seeing Ryland Clyder make it to the provincial final. Like, uh, that's another name to watch here in Saskatchewan. Uh, heartbroken for the guy. Uh, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He stood on the ice and watched the trophy ceremony. I know that can be hard to do. St- oh. Stood there with his dad and coach. So uh, nothing but good things for Clyder, the old girl, as we call him. Uh, small world, Ryder tying Jorgen Hughes's um, brother-in-law, actually, too. So, uh, yeah, no, a crazy-ass week. Uh, but the Kinsman Dinner, I will mm-hmm. say, if anybody was there, for our seven listeners, if anybody was there... Um, Corey makes kind of, like I know the the highlight was Jose Bautista was great mm-hmm. Jose Barrios a little tough to understand but he was great Buck Martinez JB Campbell just outstanding time the Kinsman put on such a great event but Corey makes kind of stole the show a bit in the sense that Britt Dort was up there with Jorgen Hughes and Corey Mace and Britt did a fantastic job with those two guys and uh, Corey just the energy the passion and wanting to give back and talking about how this province needs wins and how he wants to bring it here. Like I've seen a lot of you, the bomber fan was ready to run through a wall. Yeah. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. I I was, I was sitting here going, 
shit, fewer people are going to listen to our podcast when he's in charge because they're going to win games again. Yeah. Because, of course, as, as we've often <laughs> talked about, there's a direct correlation. But, no, busy-ass week. Lots of fun. Got to say fucking A, Mike. I'm much quieter this time. And uh, wildly and thoroughly impressed uh, by Corey Mace. And uh, for those asking, no, I did not just hang out by Craig Reynolds the entire night. Yeah, so well, this is obviously a topic that we do have to get into, and um, we can tie it into a little bit further, because at the Kinsman Sports Center in Saskatoon, uh, you ran into a gentleman there who we believe, not through any sort of scene or any sort of knowledge of any situation, just a hunch based on some previous experience. Yes. Maybe he's at least the clubhouse leader, you would think, for the now vacant rider play-by-play job. I, you know, like all jokes aside, I'd love to have that job. Yes. Like, as much I, as I would end this podcast and my life right. would be actually far easier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in a way, it would still be sad because I've, I've talked about this a little bit with some people. And like yeah. the, they've thrown out some names of some people maybe I could do this with. And I was like, honestly, and not to sound too sappy, I don't think I want to do this with anyone else. So, Because well, I mean, thanks. Other than maybe Dan Plaster, I don't think anyone else quite understands what we're doing as well as you do. So, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and Plaster's too smart, too, so there's also that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would love to have the job. Um, yep. I don't think I'm an inside... I don't think I'm an inside candidate. Like, let's let's call a spade a spade here. It's a joke. Um, not, it's not that a joke that I'm not a serious candidate. I just... I don't know. I like joking about it. Uh, but the person... When asked, people have been asking me, who do you think should it be and to me it should one million percent be dave thomas uh current cjww morning host uh if you've never heard him do play by you you've probably heard him do canada west play by play former voice of the huskies and how do i put this because we both decided that i don't want to dwell and talk about the old guy too much kind of no. like we don't talk about uh the brewery that should not be named it should be the play-by-play guy who should not be named the best way I think is to kind of riff off a little bit what the Piffles guys said earlier in this week on their yes. episode. I think uh, Greg, Alex, and Saf put it well. Um, despite what we may have thought about how Michael Ball got the job or whether he deserved the job, we were hoping, I think a lot of us, that he would kind of put all that behind him and find a way to present himself professionally and make it work. Well, I would love to have been proven wrong and everything was smooth sailing and everything was fine and then it just becomes an afterthought and frankly, the radio play-by-play guy doesn't really change my life all that much so I don't care. In the end of the day, I think enough just happened to um, sort of paraphrase a guy who I also don't want to quote anymore because he said something about Bret Hart once and we don't really want to talk about this guy either. Um, You know, Ballsy pretty much only has himself to blame in the situation. Yeah. I, I would say um, when when you go on a 15 minute show opening rant about a bunch of meatballs in the basement, um, that's not that's not a great look. So I think another be- that, like if you want to get into like some of the stuff he said on the air about the league is enough to get pretty much any play by play guy out the door. And, and like there, yeah. there is there is a place and most people expect um, local radio guys to be homers. Lord knows Rod Peterson was there, but there's a line, right? And there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it properly, and that just didn't happen. Well, Roddy never – you'd never openly hear Rod call out the refs. And as somebody that does work for a professional league doing commentary (laughs) – that's actually funny. I actually just had to clear my throat. (laughs) But (laughs) – 
I, I like I, I like we're constantly told by the National Lacrosse League, even though we're home broadcasters, what we can and can't say. Yeah. Right. I can question a call. I can say I don't agree with a call. I can I can't sit there on a broadcast and go, he blew that. These refs are terrible. What a Bush League thing. I can't, you know, and nor would I ever. No. do that nor would i ever go out and call it the league for i mean the nll to me has less warts than ever before but i'm not going to go on a broadcast on their main broadcast partner any broadcast and say yeah hey that you know the league did this and they suck i mean for one they don't but for two you're right there's a time and a place there's your sports show there's this podcast there's even hell we have a post game show after rush games on 929 the bull where we can say a little bit more because we're on a local radio station and not you know, being broadcast for the league or being judged. So to me, you have to do that stuff. It's part of the gig, right? So I know, and again, the whole thing is if you if you listen to the very small faction of ballsy supporters that are out there saying, oh, this was Reynolds, this was who, this was, this was everybody. I, I, I think reading riderfans.com, which I think the only time I've ever seen <laughs> so it. I would not entire... recommend normally, no. <laughs> no, but it's hilarious that an entire thread, a 32-page thread, and so, somebody posted and said, is this the only time we've all agreed on something? That it's best that he no longer does the games for a, a, a long list of reasons. So I'm not here to dance on his grave. What I am here to do is I think you just had, and this is another reason uh, why I would say that Dave should be the guy. And, and, sh and to me, I'd be floored if he wasn't like, unless you're going to go get a Tim McAuliffe. I, I think it should be a Dave Thomas. Right. Yeah. And, and again, Dave, this is, it's, it feels very classic sort of, you, they do it in coaching all the time where you hire the opposite of your ex. Right. Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, Dave Thomas is, and I don't, I've heard Ballsy's work ethic is great. Some of the things he'd post about, about handwriting. And anyways, I have my own thoughts on that, but I've worked with Dave Thomas and I can tell you that a Dave Thomas is not volatile on social media. He calls a great game. Like if you like go back, I, I, I don't know where you'd find him, but like the Canada West football games we were doing between Darren DuPont, Justin Dunk, and Dave Thomas, and even Ray Morrison, like, and Dustin Nielsen doing something. Like, come on, there's talent there, right? So mm -hmm. I think Dave is one of the hardest working guys you'll ever meet, one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet, and just oozes so much talent. And I hope it's Dave. If I had a say, I would say it should be Dave. Uh, and you know, if you want to go from volatility on social media, Dave's not your guy. It is. You're right. It is, is the opposite of your ex. <laughs> so fun, fun story. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually is. So I was going to make a joke about it'll be nice to have a play by play guy that hasn't blocked us. <laughs> yeah. But I. Um, oh, God. How do I do this without getting in trouble for the National Lacrosse League? Um, the old regime had pulled Dave and Casey Guerin off of the finals broadcast and brought in, and it wasn't like they were getting pulled for national. They got pulled by their own guys. And oh. I got a little spicy about it because no. I thought, Dave, no, me, no. <laughs> and, and especially like two guys that I like, I, I think like the rush have had a lot of fantastic play by play guys. And Dave Thomas, it was one of them and him and Casey were great together. And for them not to get the opportunity to call the game was bullshit. So, um, <laughs> so Dave had to block me. 
<laughs> to basically show that he didn't agree with me and my thoughts. So I saw Dave at a Hilltops game and I kind of poked him. I'm like, you realize you still have me blocked from that National Lacrosse League thing? He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, no problem. It's done. You're fine. <laughs> But yeah, Dave Thomas had blocked me. So I, I thought, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like, oh, well, yeah, here, here's a joke now. Now I can lead in the story of Dave Thomas accidentally blocking me for like five years longer than he ever thought he would have. So, um, but now I can now report we're unblocked by Dave. And uh, if it's Dave, uh, love to have him on the program. But uh, I think it should be. Like, I, I, I know reading lots of people are cheering for our friend Jamie and I. Um, Jamie's a great voice. Like Jamie's so talented, but mm. uh, you know, you want a play-by-play voice there, and I'm jo- Jamie's happy where it's at. And actually, I and I threw the name out Darren Dupont. He was here for the Tanker. Darren lives in Toronto now, so I don't know if that would be one that w- if he'd come back. Um, but it just seems Dave seems to be the the natural fit. But one name mm. that Dupont threw out there, him and I were having a conversation on this. And I was bugging him. I'm like, oh, come on. It should be you. And he's like, no, it should be you. I'm like, no, it should be you. It should be you. Dude. No, you hang up. No, you hang no, up. No, you hang up. No, you be the writer's play-by-play voice. No, you be the writer's play-by-play voice. <laughs> One name DuPont threw out there that I would love to see, Tim McAuliffe. I don't know if anybody would ever have the budget to pull that off the writers or CKRM. It would have to be... <clears throat> It would definitely have to be not a Harvard-paid position, I would say. <clears throat> and so we obviously don't know what the actual structure of this is going forward, even in terms of what the sports cage is going to look like. is still up in the air right now in terms of, I guess we'll find out maybe more on the 12th. But right now, it's all kind of cloudy and no one really knows. And But, I mean, Tim would be incredible, but I would I would be stunned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like the, the money it would take to get Tim out of Toronto would yeah. be... Like, you might as well, like, round up everybody that bought a rider's share back in, like, the old telethon days mm. and sell those shares back to the club. Then they could bring in Tim McAuliffe. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you and, want... Like, Har- Harvard's not paying that bill, I can tell you that much, so... Oh, no. But, like, but if you want a home run big name... Yeah. There's the one. I think I think if you want to go I, the office... I mean, it would, I, I still would be surprised, but, I mean, I guess it depends on how disgruntled he may feel about his basic sports net central host job now. Well, and that, and that was the conversation yeah. that uh, Darren and I had, and I've had with others that you go from basically the highest rated talk show that became your baby that, you know, you got to do your own thing. And Tim is so good at it to mm-hmm. like, Hey, here you are in the morning repeat on connected that nobody watches anymore. Yeah. I mean, let's, we all, if you still PVR a highlight show, I still do. I still PVR SC with Jay Onright. Um, I like Jay. I like when he's breaking down football. I like Luke Wilson a lot. Davis Sanchez, no, I don't. Again, I'm really running afoul of my friends here at TSN on this one, I think. But um, I, I like Luke more than I like Davis on air. I've never met Davis, but I know I like Luke on air and got to chat with Jay yesterday and had nothing but great things to say about Luke, so... That's the one I PVR, right? So I just, I don't know. I flipped it on the other day, and I'm like, oh, Tim's on in the mornings now? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, who's watching in the morning? So who knows? Yeah. But- I, one name we're pretty sure it's not going to be is Daniela because uh, she just got that gig out with the PWHL, and I would be surprised. Oh, I would be... <clears throat> 
floored. Uh, I much and this that's the not thing. that she's this, not good enough and not deserving of it. She most certainly is, but she's in a good spot now. So, and, and but that's kind of why I'm 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 upset. It took this long. We all knew what Ball was after year one. And the fact that the writers brought in Daniela to essentially do the jobs that they wanted the play-by-play person to do was like, okay, good. This is her shot, right? And then for her to take this amazing opportunity with the PWHL and meet her meet her guy and move out to Toronto, and it's like, okay, what if this would have happened a year ago, right? You, you, you knew you had a cancer in that broadcast booth. And if you would have got rid of it a year ago, maybe it's we're probably congratulating Daniela, right? So I, I'm I'm glad she got that gig. That's a great uh-huh. gig for her. It's perfect for her. She's her hockey call's so good. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's just like it's gonna be good. But but I I'm with you. I think whoever it's going to be is going to be the exact opposite of Michael Ball. And mm. that just leads me that always that leads me back to if you want to hire somebody on a reasonable budget that has that level of talent, it's Dave Thomas. Yeah. If you want to hire the name, because this is going to sound bananas land too, because you know the esteem I hold Tim McAuliffe in. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Thomas is as talented as Tim McAuliffe. I do. Could be. Yeah. I, I, his ability, they both have similar interview styles. They both have ways to make guests feel comfortable. Um, the calls are very good. So the love of football is there. So that's my spicy meatball take here for the, this podcast that a guy I used to work with is as talented as Tim McCallum. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, um, whoever it ends up being, uh, they may appear on this program, and uh, we may talk to Derek Taylor again one day. Who knows? <laughs> of course, yeah, if we can't. If it's like McAuliffe and we can't get him on the program, do we just have DT on to talk about <laughs> how good McAuliffe is as a hire or something like that? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So yeah, uh, free agency, of course, right around the corner. The Ed Hervey window is now open. We'll get into all that and more. But finally, about 45 minutes into this podcast, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week? <laughs> uh, in the glass this week, I uh, had to stop on my way back from the Nutana at a liquor store. I picked up uh, the Black Bridge Uno IPA. It is delightful. It's got six. It's got just about 6% booze in it, and it is exactly what I need after this week. So um yeah, Uno IPA, delicious, pack some punch, highly recommend it. It comes out in limited runs, so it's out right now. Um, I it's, can sell its sister beer, the Double IPA, is also back now. So, oh, I didn't see any doubles. I, it yeah. seems like the it's, liquor it's store—it's still... I... making its way out. It's making its way out. There maybe hasn't quite gotten that far yet, but it is out. So, I think they're closing down the liquor store and market mall um, here in Saskatoon, Urban Cellars, mm-hmm. because there was like nothing on the shelves. It was kind of uh-huh. weird, but they had Uno, which was awesome. Um, but no, uh, but I can tell you, uh, because I was supposed to, I didn't get to introduce myself on Friday night at the Kinsman dinner, or I was, me and Bryce Perkins, me and Bryce had come up with a plan that I was going to say the Three Down Greencast, also sponsored by Lucky Bastard, because uh-huh. they were a big sponsor too, so I wouldn't yep. really run afoul of anybody. Um, but I can tell you, the double vodka sodas with the limes that night tasted real good. Fair enough, yeah. And I will say, 
Um, I did finally get a bottle of the Lucky Bastard Gin. Yes. Um, I'm not a huge gin guy. It is among my favorite gins, but that's not necessarily a high bar. So. <laughs> I am a gin guy. Yeah, I know you are. my favorites. Yeah, yes. no, I can drink it. And that's, for me, saying that is a very high praise of a gin. So if you so, like so gin, it, you will like it, is basically what I'm saying. It, uh, it was even funny to one last Bryce story, mm-hmm. as I seem to have a bro crush on this man now. Um, uh, he looked at me, he's like, <laughs> on the Friday, he's like, how, how have you not been back by the distiller to pick up your bottle yet? And I'm like, Dude, it was like that, like <laughs> seagull taking a breath and then yelling meme. It was like, let me tell you about my week. So I am hoping to swing by tomorrow after helping fix the Nutana ice for the sheets that weren't used. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, from the Nokomis Craft Ales Company, uh, probably one of the OG beers we had like on one of the very first podcasts, maybe even the first one, if I remember correctly, and is the Nokomis Pale Ale, just kind yes. of like a toned down version of the IPA. Uh, a little bit hoppy, but kind of smooth as well. So. We always seem to forget about Nokomis, but it's always yeah. so good. And actually, I did notice while watching the Tankard that oh. uh, we have we have something similar with highly successful curlers and former Regina or former uh, provincial champions Kelly Knapp. Mm-hmm. Just like our Saskatoon men's team was sponsored by both Nokomis and Pile of Bones, so are they. Absolutely. That's so about where the similarities their, their, end. Their name is on a can. Ours is not. So. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so the Thursday, we had a couple open bar events that actually yep. behaved myself. Wow. If you want to see. That's the most shocking know, news I've ever heard, actually. Right? Okay. That shows how busy I knew my week was going to be that I, <laughs> I showed up on, we were at the club on Sunday. We were doing a volunteer appreciation thing. So we brought in pizza for everybody and had an open bar. And so 016 was sponsoring, so that was primarily what was there. So literally, when I walked up to the cooler, they said, hey, John, you like that fancy stuff. Why don't you drink it? <laughs> and there was I. That fancy stuff. Literally, there was about six cans of the, of the Nap IPA and six more cans of the white IPA. And you, this is how busy my week was. I was like, huh, I'll have like two, I guess. That's the most painful part about this all. Yeah. So. Uh, someone yeah. else who's also going to have a busy week is Saskatchewan Rough Riders general manager, Jeremy O'Day, and the rest of the coaching staff. Um, yes. As uh, the, yes, the Ed, Ed Hervey negotiation official, you can talk to people window is open. <laughs> and uh, some information starting to trickle out. Not a ton yet, uh, but we do have some things we can go through. So the Riders, of course, had a busy week leading up to it, which kind of surprised yeah. me a little bit because we kind of felt, well, maybe they were, were kind of at the point where, okay, they've signed their guys. They'll probably go from there. Yes. Um, They obviously proved us wrong. They got the rest of the coaching staff in place, and it seems now they've decided to sort of act on who they think they absolutely need to resign. And rolling through them, there's only one that will kind of stick on a little bit because it's kind of a huh situation. But, I mean, they re-signed Brett Lother three years, obviously. I think we can all agree that once you find a kicker and he works for your team, you just basically keep him keep him until he can no longer kick the football. That's yes, pretty agreed. much the way it works now, um, except for the Argos, weirdly, who are deciding now that he's good to get rid of Boris Speedy. But anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me, as a team that has yeah. lacked dependable kicking and had to bring Sergio back in four different times, hmm. yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Logan Furland back, solid there. You, you, whether he starts or not going forward, who knows, but you need offensive line depth. That, of yep. course, also includes uh, 
Blake Phillip, Philip Lake, who was hurt a lot last year. So that is, of course, unfortunate. So hopefully he can stay healthy next year. And I think that'll help the offensive line um, extensively. Uh, of course, then, um, you know, Nelson Lacombo resigns. That was good. Uh, DeBeer signs. That's good. Lanier resigns. That's good. Uh, Sean Bain Jr., kind of the, the big sort of surprise signing last year that no one really knew a lot about. He's back. That's the I solid like that. signing as well. Roland Mulligan, Roland Mulligan, of course, who also got hurt last late last year, you know, lost on defense. That was a big loss, but he's good and he's back. So I think they've made the moves that you can look at those all those who and say, yeah, you know what? Despite, you know, the issues from the team last year, you know there's going to be a lot of change. There's still enough talent that was worth bringing back, and those were definitely a number of those guys. Oh, certainly. I, I, I like there's mm-hmm. those resignings I like. Um, the weird question mark that I think a lot of us have was that not only did they re-sign Mason Fine, but they did so for two years. And Jeremy O'Day has, they bas- has basically said they picked Mason Fine over Jake Delagala. I don't get it. Me neither. I, I, and again... I, I, I'm not sitting here and saying that I don't think... I don't necessarily think either of them is the quarterback of the future for this team. No. But I thought it was pretty obvious which one was better than the other last year. And I know, yes. and I know Jake has some agency in this as well, and he's welcome to do what he wishes. But the way Jeremy O'Day said it, at least it sounded like they preferred Mason Fine, which I don't get, mm-hmm. because you literally Mason Fine. I get it; he he lost his job because of injury, but nobody was clamoring for Mason Fine at all. Um, I would love to hear the thoughts of much smarter than us, uh, Dan Plaster, on this, because maybe he says something in Fine or something. Conversations <laughs> we had, he was also quite surprised, but he doesn't really like Jake Dalagala either. So that, that, that's that's he, fair. He I was mean, in you... the wipe the slate clean category, we'll say. So. Right, um, <clears throat> but it's still like Jake Dalagala to me at least gave the Riders a chance to win. I mean, he mm-hmm. led them to a win on Labor Day. Like, yes, he has his own mistakes, and he's young, and he's may not be the quarterback of the future, but. Mason Fine didn't give them a chance to win. No. So that's why I'm shocked that um, uh, I, I I just I, I simply don't get it, right? Unless the thought process being that Mason Fine is going to come probably a lot cheaper than Jake Dalagala. Maybe. Um, I mean, Jake's options are drawing up pretty quick right now. So Yeah, there's not a, like, yeah, where, where does he go? Calgary? BC? Like, that's about it. That was my only thought, was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, Jake's started some games. He's probably going to get some guaranteed money, while Mason Fine is probably like, hey, here's a two-year deal that also we can release you at any time if we find somebody that actually can win us a football game. But Yeah, and I I, I think it's a two-year thing that really sticks out to me more than anything. Like, I I understand that CFL contracts aren't worth the paper they're printed on, unless you're Chris Jones giving Taylor Cornelius 100 grand guaranteed. (laughs) <laughs> um, like it just, but it's, there's still sort of the principle behind giving a guy a two year deal is, okay, we believe in you this year and next, but, like, okay. and, and, he, and the guy's been here for so long that I would say, okay, like he hasn't really shown it yet. So I would have at most given him one year and made a Vernon in camp. Even I know they can still cut him this year if he sucks in camp, but there was still sort of the weird thought of the two year deal, which didn't make sense to me. But on the same note. You brought up Taylor Cornelius, a guy that showed flashes of actually being a decent CFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't get why you wouldn't look at him as a guy to bring in. Right? I don't, like, I don't not gonna... know if he fits with what they can do with Trevor Harris. 
Because you want your backup, not necessarily to be a clone of your starting quarterback, but that you don't have to make significant changes to your offense to make it work. But, I mean, you can't hear the ducks quack whenever he throws a deep ball. (laughs) And this is just me making an observation. Like, Mason Fine does, I mean, Taylor Cornelius, we all thought he was going to be good because of that effortless flick of the wrist deep ball he was able to throw, right? So, Mm -hmm. to me, I thought, like, okay. Yeah, but he's he's an on-the-run quarterback. Trevor Harris isn't, right? So... Right, which I, I I get. Like I'm I'm with you. You have to have a quarterback that fits your system. But I mean, you look at what Winnipeg's doing now with Chris Trevler and 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 the overrated Zach Calaris. Well, um, I mean, clearly Winnipeg's admitted that Calaris isn't enough to get them over the hump. But anyway, huh? <clears throat> Weird. Yeah. At what the expense, thought. at the expense, perhaps of Brady Oliveira and Dalton Show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he basically said, yeah, we had the best running back in the CFL this year, and we're going to bring in a backup quarterback because, you know, we trust our MOP quarterback that much, and my goodness, my goodness. Yeah, and speaking of running backs, um, there are many on the market this year. Yes. Just about every starting running back from last season is on the market, at least any of them of significance. Yes. And so, of course, that's led to a lot of discussion on terms of where they may land because they are – more some of the more marquee names on the market available this year and there seems to be a lot of clamoring from people around the Saskatchewan Rough Riders not the team itself we don't know what they're thinking exactly but around fans and some other people about signing any one of these guys be that Brady Oliveira, AJ Ouellette, uh, Jamal Morrow obviously, uh, William Stanback, Kadeem Carey they're all out there and it seems like there's at least one person out there clamming to sign each, each one of these guys. <laughs> Not all of them, obviously, on the same roster, but there's someone in favor of all of them. Yeah. And I just don't get it. I don't get it. How in the year 2024 are we still deciding that spending big money on a running back is a good idea? There's only one team in the CFL that I think could maybe consider it, and that's the BC Lions, because that's literally all they're missing. Everyone else... Yeah. Like, if you're a team like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who have to make significant changes to this roster this year because they've been terrible for two straight balls, you don't need to spend money on a running back. Well, you especially someone that's old. The only, and the more I've thought about this, the only caveat I, I would say to that is if you can get Brady Oliveira and identify the other position that you're going to make American. Like, because Oliveira almost becomes a two-for-one, right? If you know that you're going with Brady Oliveira, you can then say, okay, we're now going to hire, we're now going to sign an extra American to play offensive line or wide receiver or something like that. Another position on the field that you're like, okay, Brady allows us to bring in both of these guys and go Canadian at running back, which is essentially what Winnipeg has done since signing Trevor Harris, right? They've had more flexibility to be able to get out Dalton Schoen, Kenny Lawler, all these guys, right? So if you're going to spend, I get it, you shouldn't spend as much as they're probably going to have to to get Brady Oliveira. But all the other ones to me are just interchangeable. Oh. Right? Well, like, like, Yeah. AJ Let oh, that is the only other one that I would say has any discernible skill compared to the others. I mean, if you're out there stand, signing William Standback, like, what are you doing? If you're signing Kadeem Carey, what are you doing? Right. But, <laughs> but frankly, I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're getting those guys for 100 grand plus bonuses... It's not terrible, but... But, I mean, you can sign, you know, any of the thousands of players out of the United States. This year, we already got Frankie Hickson. I mean, right. Because, to me, like, generally speaking, your running game isn't so much the talented... Isn't so much in the talent in the running back. It's a system that works together that figures it out. And there's there's no... Like, Derek Taylor, who we've talked about on this program, had the great stats. 
of, you know, sort of the way, you know, teams have sort of had the same success with different guys. I yes. mean, he had the stats year over year change. Hamilton, 2022 with their two guys, 4.7 yards per carry. 2023 with Butler, 4.8 yards per carry. BC, 2022 with Butler, 4.9 yards per carry. With uh, Bizzle last year, 4.8 yards per carry. And here's the big one. Winnipeg, 2021, Andrew Harris, 5.3 yards per carry. 2022, Brady Oliveira, 5.1 yards per carry. Huh. Hmm. All of this production was easily replaced without breaking the bank. Now, the only reason I, and and I'm not even talking about. And if um, you want to get into it even more, just last season, the Calgary Stampeders, Mills, 5.3 yards per carry. Kadeem Carey, 5.3 yards per carry. Both with close, both who with, you know, give or take a hundred carries each. <laughs> well, and and it's funny. The reason I'm most high and I say that you should get Brady Oliveira is not because of the rushing. It's because the guy can also catch the ball to the backfield. He's explosive and he can block. Yeah, right. And I, I mean, I get the blocking thing, and that's why I understand in the CFL, like you need your sort of your cowbell running back to be able to do that because this is not the NFL with the large rosters. This is not the NCAA with unlimited rosters where you bring in that blocking specialist on the turnover down to make it work. Right. Mm -hmm. But at that same token, there is absolutely no reason why then if everyone's saying, well, you need a guy who can block then, okay, then sign the guys out of college who are doing the blocking because if they were good enough to get to the NCAA, especially the higher levels of NCAA, because a very small percentage of American high school players make it to the NCAA. Yes. So if they make it to the NCAA, and even if they are just a third down blocking back, I bet you they can still run the football. Otherwise, they would not have been in the freaking NCAA. No, and that's that's <laughs> that's that's exactly it, right? Guys, guys know how to block, but it's funny. You still see guys in the in the league that aren't necessarily great at blocking um the only other case i will make for spending a bit more on Oliveira is he's also the youngest out of all these names we've mentioned yeah so i don't I, you can justify it to me and i can support it if you spend more money on brady Oliveira because of literally it's funny i've mentioned all the reasons and not mentioned you know his rushing yards um but to me, if you're spending on any one of the other guys, like that's just that's 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 poor roster management. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, you want to, because then then the option came up. It was basically Justin Dunk was out with the information again last this past week that in you know a couple of years ago the Calgary Stampeders gave Kadeem Carey two hundred and eighty thousand dollars, <laughs> making him the highest paid American running back. And you can't tell me over the last couple of years an extra like at least one hundred k wouldn't have been able to help that receiving core to make them more than just barely a playoff team. Oh, certainly. Like right. that's what it comes down to. Like, I'm not saying cheap out and always sign guys at the minimum, but if you're paying a guy, you know, two fifty versus when you could be paying a couple of guys a buck 50 and getting the same production, but you're able to spread some money out. Why not? Well, well, and that's it. Like, it, like to me, to me, I think, if you can if you can spend on Brady, you go get him because again of the roster flexibility and all that kind of stuff. Maybe. I mean you you probably need a backup behind him and then is there anyone you trust to do that? I don't know. That's and that's exactly it with Winnipeg re-signing Johnny Augustine and maybe rolling with Johnny Augustine and his five yards per carry, right? Mm -hmm. Um what I do the next one I would sign, I would if you told me they signed AJ Olette for six figures. I'm okay with that if we're talking like 100, 125. Uh -huh. 
because guy's got CFL experience. He's got championship pedigree. He's a guy that Corey Mace knows, right? And it's just, he's a guy. It'll come down to the dollars for sure. But yeah, if, if but, they but go over like, the 200 it, mark, I'll be like, no, there's no point well, in this. But that's it. Like, if you're getting AJ Ouellette for 150 a year plus all the other secret money that they give these guys, that's fine. But if you can't get Brady or AJ, you cannot convince me that Kareem DeCarry or William Stanback is a better option than literally anybody. If you, if you, Moral, yeah, I was just going to say, if you, you know, held me hostage and said, we're not setting you free until the Saskatchewan Roughriders have to sign one of these guys, I would say then, okay, then just resign Jamal Moral. Yes. You know, the system is he's been here before. He's probably going to be the cheapest out of all of them because he had a he had a great season, then a down season. It's almost like they changed offensive coordinators or something like that. So I'm with you. Um, I, to me, it's it's if you can't get Brady or AJ, you're just you're you're wasting money if you're if you're bringing in one of those other guys. Like, I just I don't see the appeal. I don't see the make making sense of it, and it allows you to upgrade the team in other places, and a team that, again, needs to be upgraded in other places. So to me, you spend on Brady, you spend on AJ, you bring back Jamal, or you don't you don't worry with Stanback or or Carey. Yeah, because we've talked about. It. I mean, because clearly last year, I mean, there's still holes in this roster that need to be filled. Corey Mace is probably going to want to redo a defense that, in a number of spots, kind of gave up last year. Yep. So that's going to be a thing they're going to look at. Obviously, the offense is still going to need some work, and Mark Mueller is going to want to mold that in his look. So to me, it's just, it's not a priority to spend right now. No. And that's that's pretty much, to me, what it comes down to is, out of any of these guys, it's like, we're basically back to 2012 in a lot of ways. And yes. the team wasn't quite, is not quite in as dire straits as they are. They were coming out of 2011, but it's still a bit of the same field. And if you remember 2012... They came in with, I think, five guys at running back. I think Brandon West was the only one that had any sort of recognition to him. Yep. I think he was on that roster. Anyway, there was some. There was one guy with a little bit of CFL experience. No one else had any. A guy named Corey Sheets with fourths on the depth chart behind a guy who was puking on the field on the first day. <laughs> so remember that the probably the best running back for this team in the last 15 years probably didn't. Th- no one thought was actually going to make the roster on the first day of camp back in 2012. Well, until he absolutely balled out in the preseason. And that's that's why I hope they don't spend money there. No, like, again, unless unless you can get Brady or a, a decent, like... I would still I, argue I, I wouldn't, but that's that's me. I know, I know. But but if you're... You can't just throw the money at Brady without a plan. Yeah. Right? To me, you throw the money at Brady so you can go, okay, we've, we've got another receiver we like. We're going to go American at this spot. We're going to go – there's an offensive lineman we can go out and get because we're going to go American at this spot, right? So you can't just, like, throw the money at Brady Oliveira and not have the plan, and that's why Winnipeg was, has been successful since bringing in Andrew Harris and uh, and offensively has not been because, you know, I mean, Harris is good, going to the Hall of Fame. Brady's good. He loves dogs. I want him to stay in Winnipeg largely because he loves dogs. But it, it has allowed them to go out and – Resign Kenny Lawler and Dalton Schoen and 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 play these guys, even though they haven't resigned Schoen. And I'm guessing he's probably the one that walks compared to Oliveira. So you're right. You're just like <laughs> just like for our seven listeners. If you're single, your running back might be out there.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.